Is it possible? Is it possible to have a casual relationship with God? Just a momentary brush where you say, oh, you know, I might have experienced God's presence in this moment. And then to leave it at that? Or is there more? Twenty years ago, I was a pastor in Burley, Idaho, and it was Thanksgiving, and we came down to to Salt Lake City. We came to the big city from the tiny rural area that we were in. We came down and we went to Little America, to their Thanksgiving buffet on Thanksgiving Day. Now, it was costly, but we were splurging because we were in town. And just imagine what it would have been like if I'd gone into that, that buffet that stretched around three sides of the grand ballroom, and I had just gone and taken just a little dry crust of bread after having paid 20 or $25 for the meal for five of us, and I would say, oh, this is enough. And I just eat that little crust of bread, and that's it. Well, God is providing us with a banquet that benefits life and brings us the bounty of living. And all too often, we just take that little piece of bread and we think it's sufficient when we could have the whole banquet. And in Jesus Christ, the price has already been paid. A casual brush with God? Hmm. Let's pray. Lord, open us up today to what You have to say to us. To challenging us to go deeper, to, take, to partake of this banquet and to be nourished at the deepest level of our souls. Amen. So here's the rest of the story. Starting with verse 10 in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4. So Jesus had already told the parable and preached and the people left. And when he was alone, those who were around him, along with the twelve, asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But those outside, everything comes in parables in order that they may indeed look, but not perceive. You may indeed listen, but not understand, so that they may not turn again and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? Then how will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. These are the ones on the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. When they hear the word, they immediately receive it with joy. 
but they have no root and endure only for a while. Then when trouble or persecution arises on account of the Word, immediately they fall away. And others are sown among the thorns. These are the ones who hear the Word, but the cares of the Word of the world and the lure of wealth and the desire for other things comes in and choke the Word and it yields nothing. And these are the ones sown on the good soil. They hear the Word and accept it and bear fruit. Thirty and sixty and a hundredfold. This is the Word of the Lord for us today. Thanks be to God. Down through the history of the Christian church, Mark 4, verses 10, 11, and 12 have been an embarrassment for us. Jesus does a very unchristlike thing. The problem is, is that we seem to have caught Jesus in this conundrum, in this unchristlike attitude, and we're scratching our heads saying, what does this mean? So let me retell the story in a more colloquial way so that you sort of get it. This is what was happening. Jesus had been teaching and ministry going all throughout Galilee, and he had become famous. And when the people heard that he was going to be preaching at a certain place in a certain time, he gathered down at the the base by the river, but the people kept coming, and more people, and more people, because his fame had spread throughout the region. In fact, it became so crowded that he had to get into a boat and go out away from the shore so that people could see and hear him as they covered the crescent of the mountainside. And there he is up on top of this boat standing and preaching. And he opens his mouth and the whole crowd grows still with anticipation. What do you think they expected to hear? Probably not what they did hear, according to Mark, because Jesus doesn't begin this sermon with some spiritual truth. He begins sort of in a folksy fashion. Once upon a time, there was a farmer, and he went out to sow seeds in his field. And then he was off, running with a sermon that was filled from the top, all the way with parable after parable after parable. And then when the sermon was over and the big crowd had gone, those disciples and the others around Jesus pulled Him aside and said, Why did you do that? Why did you talk to them in parables, seeds and soil, baking bread, beating around the mustard bush? If you had something to tell them, why didn't you just say it clearly and directly? To which Jesus responded, and listen to this, the reason I teach in parables is so that they will hear me and not understand what I'm talking about. So they will see me and not perceive what I'm getting at. 
I don't want them to repent. I don't want them to believe the gospel. Well, that's not exactly what they thought Jesus would say. They didn't expect to hear that. They thought he might say something like, well, I preach in parables to make it interesting. You know how a sermon can be deadly dull. If it doesn't have some stories in it. So I spice it up a little bit with parable oregano. Or they were maybe expecting Jesus to say, the reason I preach in parables is to make it clear and concrete. I'm talking about the kingdom of God. Nobody understands what that is, so I bring it down to farms and bread and things that they understand. But he didn't say that. The reason I preach in parables is so they will hear me and not understand what I'm talking about. I don't want them to believe in the gospel. What in the world is that about? These three verses in this whole section of Mark 4 is an embarrassment for the Christian church because it sounds like Jesus is saying a very unchristlike thing. And it's really the Gospel of Mark. It is Mark the writer who wants us to know that it is possible to believe in the Gospel of Jesus Christ too early. To move toward Jesus with, with too much haste. To reach out and to grab the Gospel too quickly. Part of the reason Mark wants us to know that is because Mark is persuaded perhaps more than anyone else in the New Testament that people who move towards Jesus too quickly often do so for the wrong reasons. They're attracted to the glitter and not to the substance or the guts of it. When they reach out with haste to grab the gospel, they get the surface and not the depth. God doesn't want them splashing around in the shallow into the pool and think that they're dry diving down into the depths. Oh no. He wants us to know that we are shallow. If we don't allow for the seed to fall on the fertile soil of our lives, it would be better not to hear it all, hear it at all. Because the gift we receive in our faith, when left shallow, dries up and blows away. Like a tree whose roots go out and not down, and when dry times come, wither and die. I am challenged by the need to go deeper in my relationship with God. I want to be fertile ground for the Word of God, to take root and to prosper in my life. So when we think we understand too quickly, we just are touching the surface and miss the best part. That's why you can be a student of the Bible for all of your life. And you go deeper and deeper every time you enter into a study. So this is the fourth of the four purposes of the church that I am preaching on in this series. 
And in the N-E-W-S, the E stands for education. But I like to think of it more as spiritual formation. Because it's not just about the head. It's not just about memorizing the playbook for the football team, but never going out on the football field and actually playing the game. It's about the heart. To form and reform our relationship with God and to make it meaningful in our lives so that that reality can lead us to touch other people's lives for Christ. Spiritual formation means that we have uh, spiritual practices in our lives. Reading and studying the Bible, not just as a textbook to understanding, but as a devotional to the divine. Spiritual practices means taking time to establish a place where we can encounter God day after day. One person I know developed what she called her cell after the monks who, lives in a mo- who live in monasteries. They each have their cell. And it became the place where every morning she goes. She reads the psalm in two or three versions. She prays. She goes back and reads the psalm again. And she allows her relationship with God to go deeper and deeper. Education, but not just of the head. Education of the soul so that we are able to have a relationship with Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And I have to say that all too often I go into churches and I'm appalled at how few people are engaged in educational practices for the head and the heart. And I have to say that about you. Let me stomp on toes a little bit. You know, how meaningful is the educational programs and the spiritual retreats and the opportunities to go deeper really well received and well attended in this congregation? I want to encourage you, not chastise you. I want to encourage you that these are opportunities to not just take a dry crust of bread and say that it's enough, but I want you to be able to partake of the whole banquet and to be filled and nurtured so that your life becomes abundant life in a way that you never expected. Don't let the seeds of the gospel fall on your shallow ground. You have to till the soil. You have to fertilize it. You you have to ready it to receive the gospel message. And then it comes and begins to grow within the good soil that has been prepared. The reason Jesus preached in parables is to push the people deeper. Well, C.H. Dodd, a, a theologian of a generation ago, came up with a great definition of a, what a parable is. Because that's always sort of a mystery to us. And this is what C.H. Dodd said. A parable is a metaphor or a simile 
drawn from everyday life, the meaning of which is sufficiently in doubt to tease the mind into active thought. The meaning of which is sufficiently in doubt that you think you know, but you don't know for sure. And it causes you to think more deeply and to go more fully into seeking the meaning. It teases the mind into this deeper active thought, which is really a good thing. Because in America today, the main heresy that we face is not atheism, but it is superficiality. That we all have a thin veneer of our Christian faith, but we don't go deep. The reason that I preach in parables, said Jesus, is to push them deeper. And the way to go deeper in our relationship with God in today's world, the way that we move beyond the, the um, heresy of superficiality is to engage in those spiritual practices and disciplines that move us closer to God. And that we have those practices as a part of the routine of our lives, be it daily or weekly, however you do it. This is one of the major purposes that this church and the church of Jesus Christ exists in the world. And that is so that we can do education, that together we provide education not only for ourselves, but for those who are hungering and thirsting for the true meaning of the gospel. Some may be content to just coast along the way we are, and they don't desire anything more. The little bit is enough, and we don't want to put in the effort to change and grow and perceive God in new ways. We don't desire anything else. As hard as that is to believe, people's actions suggest that what that is what they think. If they thought otherwise, they would act differently. They would be doing spiritual practices and the results would be different in their lives. But personally, I can't envision this. It would be like going to that banquet at uh, the Little America so many years ago. And with every food that I ever desired out there, especially on the dessert bar, and we would say to ourselves, well, I'll just take a crust, this hard crust of bed, bread, and that's good enough. That's really all I want. I don't believe it for a minute that anyone really believes that. But I do think that many of us live in a way that suggests that that's all we want. That we're in the shallow end and we think we're plumbing the depths when we go to about the four-foot level. When there's so much more. An abundance in life that we each one can receive. 